Welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited today because for the first time ever, I have a repeat guest on the Positively You podcast. And I'm, I actually want to bring back a couple other guests, but Elizabeth is my first. So if you haven't listened to her episode when she was on with me the first time, go back and listen. I'll link it in the show notes. Off the top of my head, I have no idea what episode number it was. So it'll be down in the bottom and you can click on it there. But it was really, really good. And in real life, me and Elizabeth have become really good friends. We go hiking all the time together. We vent and Marco Polo with each other. And we've had some really good conversations just around wellness and health and body acceptance and dieting and blah, 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 like all of the things relating to what Elizabeth is good at. And so I was like, well, let's just have a conversation here on the podcast and let everyone else come into it. So thanks for coming on as my first repeat guest. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to take our our chats to the, to the internet, to the world. right? <laughs> yes. They don't just have to live on Marco Polo or on a random mountain somewhere. And fun fact, me and Elizabeth always, our mountain excursions always turn a little bit fun where we get lost, or I pretend I know a shortcut or <laughs> different things. So we have a good time, but For those of you that don't know, Elizabeth is a fellow podcaster. She is the woman of wellness podcast and oh my gosh, it is full of so much goodness. I absolutely just love the vibe and the energy over there. I always feel super uplifted and just like really encouraged with my health and my wellness whenever I listen. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Okay. So first of all, like what... I just want you to kind of give a recap for anyone who hasn't listened to you before about like what you're all about and what a woman of wellness is to you. Yeah. Great question. (laughs) Um, so I am a women's health and wellness coach and exercise physiologist, and I help women who are kind of stuck in that diet mentality, all or nothing perfectionist thinking, um, ditch those ways of thinking and create change in their bodies without having to go back on a diet. So creating a healthy lifestyle that is very intuitive to them. And that can feel a little bit scary for some people, but that is essentially what I consider a woman of wellness is you are learning how to meet the needs of your own body and you're listening and you are in alignment with the habits that you want to live for the lifestyle that you want to live. So for example, Jesse's woman of wellness vision is really heavy lifting. That's what I call it. <laughs> Power lifting. I don't even know heavy lifting. And she's very in alignment with that, right? Her lifestyle supports that she takes actions to be able to um, compete and lift heavy and all of that. And that's part of her vision of a woman of wellness. My vision of a woman of wellness, and this is also part of Jesse's, is like being up in the mountains and I love to trail run and I love to um, just be able to experience nature and 
be healthy, like making sure that my body can do the things that I love. That's how I would describe a wound of wellness is, are you able with your body to be able to show up for the life that you want to live? And if you're not, we're out of alignment. And that's what we do all. That's exactly what I teach around here is um, how to, you know, ditch that diet mentality, how to create habits that last so that you're not going all in for 30 days and then have no idea what to do for the rest of your life or feeling like you're on this yo-yo of weight gain, weight loss, um, trying to search for that next diet. Like those things aren't serving us. And what we do is we, we kind of, we flip that. We teach that it's okay to love your body while also wanting to create change. And that's an important concept for a lot of people to really sink in and understand is that it's okay to pursue change while also learning to love and nurture your body in the process. Yeah. So what I really love about that is it's so individualized. I mean, you were even breaking it down and sharing like my vision and your vision. And that's what I love so much because it's so easy to get caught up in like, what's the, what's the thing I'm supposed to do? Like, what's the internet telling me? What's TikTok telling me, right? Like what are the, back in the day when we were younger, it was, what was the teen Vogue magazine telling me what I need to do? Right. And it was kind of like following all of these rules and prescriptions. And it's like, if I just follow X, Y, Z for 21 days, for 30 days, for 60 days, I will be fit. I will be happy. I will be insert whatever. And that's what I really like about what you teach and promote is that, is that vision. And I I think that a lot of times that's the, the missing piece or the like missing starting piece. A lot of times is we don't get really clear on like that, not even end goal, but just like that lifestyle and that feeling. Cause so often it's like, okay, I pull my pants on. Right. And they feel a little bit snug. And immediately I just say, I need to lose 10 pounds. I need my stomach smaller. I need whatever, right? Like, and immediately those thoughts trigger, but they're, they're so like fleeting and they don't actually mean anything. Like, what does that mean to my life to have my pants fit looser? Like number one, I could go buy a different pair of pants, but that's a whole, like (laughs) we might get into that thing too. But like, is that really the goal? Like, is that the thing that's going to make me happy is every single day when I get dressed, like the things fit exactly the way I want them to maybe, but it, it's getting really clear about like why I want to feel the way I want to feel and what things I want to put into my life. I don't know. Would you agree that that, that's kind of like the missing piece? Like when you're talking to a lot of your clients, do they have that vision when they first come with you? Yeah. So, you know, we call this the diet cycle where what usually happens is we have a trigger to essentially get out of our bodies. There's like trigger that like triggers desperation to get out of our bodies. Right. Mm. I, I see myself in the mirror. I see myself in a picture. I feel the pants or, or whatever. I and had to go to the doctor's office and they weighed me. And suddenly yeah. I was like, Oh no. Yeah. Or yeah. the doctor told you, you had to lose weight. And I have an episode on that actually, because <laughs> that's a really common thing where you, you go sit down in the doctor's office and they're like, well, here's your numbers. You should go lose weight. And then they send you out the door. Mm. Right. Yeah. So it always starts with this desperation a trigger of desperation. Yeah. So then the trigger happens 
And what do we usually do? We usually find one of those programs, right? One of those, um, I call them extreme programs, right? Mm -hmm. right? It's the 30 days, 75 hard. Like there's so many out there that we just say, okay, if I just can lose the weight, then I will be right. If I, then I, if I lose the weight, then I will be happy. If I lose the weight, then I will be able to do these things. And what happens is we do see some results, right? Sometimes we see results. Sometimes we don't make it that far, but we kind of have this like, Oh, like maybe this will work. You know, like we get kind of excited about things. And then the other part of the cycle is life happens. We get tired. We don't want to do that thing that we were supposed to do today. We don't want to eat more boiled chicken. That's always my reference. I use, um, <laughs> we, we don't, does anyone wanna... ever actually want to eat boiled chicken in the first <laughs> place? Like not even any more boiled chicken, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was like a memory for me of a diet. It was always yep. just like this bland chicken. You could only eat chicken you know, and vegetables. So, you, you know, you get to the point where you're like, I can't keep this up. And well, what do you do? You binge, right? Mm-hmm. You overeat. You're like, okay, I'm going to eat all the foods that were off limits. I, I can't, I can't control myself. Like I eat all the foods. Usually we regain the weight. And then there's a period of time in there that is like, you're kind of like, okay, what am I going to do next? And then you just wait until that next trigger, right? That next thing that comes up. That's like, oh, now I need to lose weight. You know, it could be January. It could be an upcoming vacation. Like there's always that trigger that comes up. And so Anyone listening, raise your hand if you have been in this cycle before, right? Like this, it's just a never ending cycle. Jesse's raising her hand. <laughs> it's a never ending cycle where you just are stuck. And what I want to help women understand is that I have to say this really carefully your weight loss is not going to automatically make you feel better in your body. And it's not going to automatically make you better at something that you could have done. Like, do I need to lose weight to be able to go hiking? Right? No, I need to learn how to hike and I need to practice that. But so often we tie every single thing we want to do back to weight because I can't show up in this body right now. Mm. And so we've taught ourselves this story. We, we, we talk a lot about stories and we, we say stories in our head that are like, my body's not worthy of showing up as it is right now, but it will be when, right? And either when never comes or what happens a lot of time is women lose the weight and they don't necessarily feel much better in their bodies and they cannot figure out why. Yeah. And it's because what they're doing is they're white knuckling the weight. And the thing that I'm going to say is that weight loss can still be a good goal. Like it, we're not, we're not bashing on body change or anything like that, but it's learning about instead of being mad at your body, what if we shifted that energy to be quote mad? I don't know if that's the right word at your habits and Mm. say like, what am I doing to nurture my body? What am I doing to take care of it? Because as soon as you flip that switch, everything's going to change. And the number on the scale is not, it's not going to matter as much. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that that's such an interesting concept. The idea of, of not showing up because you don't think your body is worthy. And I like the hiking example that you gave of like, I might not have the endurance to do that right now. I might not like 
you know, I need to lose the weight before I can do that. I don't want to put on the workout clothes because they're not going to fit the right, like all of these different like excuses that we have. And like, I'm putting some of these out there because I've had the same ones. Like I can't show up to that dance class yet because I don't look the same as those other girls, or I can't go into that weight room with those guys. Like, oh my gosh, before I started lifting heavy, like that was a huge thing for me. Like I was terrified of like the weight room. Like I couldn't show up there until I was like, quote unquote, like muscly enough to look like I belonged there, but I was never going to look muscly enough to belong there quotes until I started doing the thing. So like, it's such this like catch 22 where I like your idea of saying like, well, what are the habits that I'm doing instead and focusing on that and really getting to know, going back to like the vision, like, do you want to go on hikes? And like, what's the reason you want to go on hikes? Like I like them because it's like the most, like, I want to die. There's always like a period of time. And it's usually like the first, like, 0.1, 0.2 parts of the hike, especially if it's a steep incline where I'm like, oh gosh, this is going to be a quick one. We're going to turn around real fast. It's like, I don't feel ready for it. And then, you know, two miles in, I feel really good. So there's, there's those things that I know that I, that I want to do and that I, the reasons that I want to do them are different. And I think evaluating like the habits and the why of what you of why you want to do something. So whatever it is, like if you're like, I want to go running or I want to be able to go out on a lake and paddleboard or I X, Y, Z, whatever it is that you want to do, just like, and I say just, but it's really hard to shift your mindset, but like push through and just be like, I'm just going to go do the thing. It doesn't matter what my body looks like or like currently functions at, like I'm going to go at least start and do like the bare minimum of the thing because pushing through and getting to that like starting point is the hardest part. Absolutely. And the thing that I'm most passionate about and what I teach is all about shifting your mindset Mm. because it's so often we just think if we change our action, right? If we just follow the plan, it will work. But when we have stories in our head that say you don't belong there or you're not good enough at that, or you've never been successful at that, right? That's a common one, or you're just going to fail again. No amount of strategy is going to change any of that. And so one of the things I do with women is help really shift their mindset and look at like, where is that story coming from? And sometimes there's evidence, right? So let me give you an example. Let's walk everyone through a little example. Um, in my food, I have a program called food freedom and I teach women how to heal their relationship with food and their body. And inside that we talk about stories and one of the stories that women have, and it's a true story, right? It's true for them is that when they're off the diet, right? When, when they're off a plan, they're out of control with food. They they don't have safety with food. It's either Mm -hmm. they're on the diet and they can like be strict or they're off and they just like, they just kind of like binge until they end up back in that diet cycle, right? Where they're like desperate to get out of their bodies. And so we work through this story that is, well, I can't control myself around food or that particular food. We call it our forbidden food, right? I used to have Mm -hmm. M&Ms were my forbidden food where I'd like everywhere I went. And if I like, I would just eat all the M&Ms because in my brain, I like couldn't control myself. So I had to eat them all now. And then I'd have to get like back on the diet plan the next day or whatever. So we work through this story. That's like, well, I can't control myself around food. If you make food available to me, because we bring in this idea that like, 
all foods can be available to you. And so many women have this fear. I can't do that, right? I can't have these foods because I'll be out of control with them. And I've got to stay in control because I cannot possibly see that scale go up anymore, right? So often we, we feel like we're at the breaking point, the tipping point of like, I don't want to see that number go up. I can't possibly handle that. And so mm. what we do is we come in and we say, well, yeah, there's some evidence in the past that that has been the case. And then we look and we go deeper and, and I won't go into all of it, but we go deeper and say like, are there other people out there that can control themselves around this food or these foods? And what new story do you want to create for your life? And then we start utilizing the new story, right? Not the old story. That's like, I don't have control around food, but instead creating this idea that, okay, I feel safe around food. I confident. And from there, then once we've changed that mindset, we can change the actions and we can practice feeling safe around food, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you had to kind of switch your mindset into saying from, I don't belong at this gym in this space to I belong here. And because I belong here, I'm willing to lift and I'm going to take care of my body. Do you see that you had to have that mental shift before those physical actions took place? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like hands down agree with you that the mental part of wellness and health is so huge and the awareness part and being able to stop yourself in that moment. I like the the word you use about stories, about like what stories are you either repeating or have you been told? I mean, as soon as you said that, I was thinking of things that I was told, you know, either growing up. And that's always hard too because you don't want to like put like like bad, I don't know, like your parents didn't tell you these things to like ruin you or like friends and family, like well-meaning people didn't tell you these things to destroy your life. But like one I remember is, so I'm short. I'm five, two. And my parents are short. My family, like we come from a family of shorties. My kids had no hope, but I remember being told growing up that because I was short, I had to watch my weight. Mm. Like that. I didn't have as much like, right. I mean, I didn't have 10 pounds on five, two looks different than 10 pounds on five, seven. And so, and I remember that just being ingrained in me of like, you've got to watch yourself because you gain two pounds. It's noticeable. A lot of other people can get away with that, but you can't. And so that's a story that I have where I have to stop and all of a sudden be like, Hey, who told me that? Is it true? Do I believe that? And just like being aware of those stories and, and starting to question them, decide if you want to keep them in your backpack or if you want to like not let them anymore. But I think that's definitely like a difficult part of it, of like wanting to unpack it. I also think when you're talking about like trigger foods, because one, what's one of the, um, the advice that we got, I don't know if it's like across the board, but I know I definitely got, it was like, don't keep those foods in the house. Yeah. Right. If you don't buy it, if it's not there, then you can't eat it. Like if it's not in your house, you can't have it. But I was kind of thinking as you were talking about that, like that, that takes away your power and gives you kind of like this, like you're selling yourself short almost like I'm so out of control that I have to keep it completely away from me because I can't trust myself and living in a, in a place where you can't trust yourself is not a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, it's so much deeper 
than we think when it's, you know, oh, I just need to fix this really quick and I'll be happy when it really is such a mental like journey (laughs) of unpacking all of these like stories and past beliefs and really building that trust in yourself. Yeah. And it's interesting you would bring that up because this really goes back to that discussion we kind of started with was, you know, what is my vision, my version of a woman of wellness? And one of, you know, the kind of overall themes is that we want to have safety with food, right? We want to feel safe and confident around food um, and that we know we can meet the needs of our own body. Like we're capable of doing that. And that's a really common um, fear is having trigger foods in your home. But this is what I love. As a woman of wellness, you get to choose, you know, when you make peace with food, like when you're in that space, you get to choose what is in your home, right? So this is interesting because my personality, I tend to like know where things are. <laughs> like I remember where things are. And so I, a component of my food freedom vision is that I don't keep a ton of treats in my house. I mean, there's some here, like every, you know, you need an afternoon treat every day for sure, but like (laughs) a little treat, but, um, I don't keep a ton of things in my house, but at any given point, I know that like, if I'm craving something or like, I, I want something I can, I can go get it. Like it's available to me. My husband can leave a brownie on the counter for four days and forget about it. And it's like right in front of his face. (laughs) And I would be the one that's like, Oh, I see that. And like, I would just eat a little bit of it each time. Like it would just kind of be a little bit more than I would. And so what I see in that, what I, and what, what I want women to understand is like food freedom exists at all different levels and with all different personalities and no understanding your own personality is really important too. And knowing, okay, what does this idea of food freedom look like for me to ha- allow all foods, but also, right? This is where body love and body change go together. Make sure that I have strategies and we're not calling them rules. We call them more boundaries, right? Boundaries in place that help me make the best decisions that support my vision of a woman of wellness. Yeah, absolutely. I I just think that like having that vision is so important because it just helps you to like clarify your day-to-day choices. Like I think of like the, the brownie pan that you were just mentioning and how you know, if I'm, I'm not like your husband at all, I could not leave it sitting there. Like I would nibble on it throughout the entire day. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, Oh, I ate a whole pan of brownies. Yeah. (laughs) Like without the awareness. And so I think that goes back to it too. Cause like, if I know like what my vision is for me and what wellness means to me and what my health means and like what my goals are, that I'm much more able than to like make those choices and be more aware in that moment too. So I think it's just like this overarching, arching, overarching (laughs) something like idea of awareness, like on all fronts of like your past stories of where you want to go in the future and of like your day to day of just like being like way more in tune with yourself. Yeah. And like making 
making it fit your lifestyle and making it fun. Like so often wellness people kind of dread it. Like it, it seems like this negative thing, right? Oh, I've got to go on the diet or I've got to eat. I've got to give up the sugar. Like so often it's not fun. It's not enjoyable in our brains. Like, Oh, we've got to go, I'm going to go hit the gym. This isn't fun or whatever. Cause I'm doing it solely to lose weight. But when we bring an element of the enjoyment of wellness in right as part of our vision, it can make a huge difference. So let me give you an example. You know, you, you mentioned like having food in your house, the brownies. So I don't have a Costco size of M&Ms in my house, but M&Ms are still really fun for me to eat. I really enjoy them. And they're my road trip snack. So like every time we go on a road trip, I always get like a bag for, uh, from the gas station. And they're like, sometimes like my movie snack and it's fun, right? It's a fun part of my life, but it's not a burden. It's not something that I am like, I can't, I, I don't feel like I can control myself. Right. Like I've, I've been able to fit those things. That's just one example into my lifestyle of wellness without it being a big deal. And women that are in, you know, that are in diet mentality and thinking that seems like a really, it might feel really far away. Right. It might feel really overwhelming to think like, Oh, I could be safe around food or I could feel, I could feel in control. Um, but recognize that that's what it's all about is learning how to meet your own needs and how, how you work personally. And that's why the vision of a woman of wellness is so unique to every single person. And we have, we have a student in our food freedom program who her number one goal is to water ski when she's 80. And she's like, that's what I want to do. I just want to be, she's like, I want to wear moo's and I want to water ski when I'm 80. And like, I'm so super happy with that. And so she just like kind of lives her lifestyle to help support that. And, and I don't know, I just think it's like fun and we forget, we forget to invite fun and into wellness. Yes. I love that point so much of inviting enjoyment and having it be from a place of enjoyment. And so when you are making that vision for yourself, like from a place of that, not a place of like, I hate myself. I need to change because you're never going to hate yourself into the person that you want to be ever. Like you have to love yourself there. And that's something that I have learned a lot this year. So I weigh the most I've ever weighed. I think like with the exception of one of my pregnancies, but like, and it's been very interesting to me. I also did, uh, I gave myself my own little challenge this summer where I I didn't allow myself to use filters on Instagram anymore because I was becoming so dependent on them. So summertime, I'm not allowing myself to use filters anymore. Um, I weigh the most I've ever weighed. I went to the pool in more two pieces this summer than ever before. And I was there with the attitude of like, this is summer and I love being at the pool in the summer and I want a fun tan line. And like, I didn't care. And it is amazing to me how much body love and just like, not even body love, but just like self love I have for myself in this season where society would tell me this is the season that I should be really shaming myself. How dare you? Like what happened? You let yourself go. 
how did you gain this weight? I thought you worked out all the time. I thought you like, right. Like there's all these like words going on on this side of my head of like, but wait, shouldn't I be thinking this? But on the other side, I'm like, no, I'm really enjoying my life right now. And I'm really happy with the things that I'm doing and with the people who are in my life and the activities that I'm going out and doing. And from that place, I'm able to say, okay, and I still might want to change. I still might like want, you know, a couple of things to be different, but I'm at it from this place of like intense, extreme, like self-love and self-appreciation. And I can tell you that that is a way better place to be at than like hating yourself so badly and wanting to change and wanting to like not put real clothes on and just wear sweats every day because you hate the way you look and like beating yourself up into it. I don't know. It's like, it's been really interesting for me to be at this like crossroads of being like, I feel good about myself, but I don't know that I should because I'm not where I quote unquote should be. I don't know. Like it's super crazy, but like, I mean, you have kind of already talked about this a little bit on one of our like drives or hikes. And I just, I want everyone to get to that point where like you love yourself so much, but you can still want to change. I don't know. It's I don't know how to like insert that into all of your brains. (laughs) And wouldn't you say it's such an individual journey, right? Mm. Like I could teach you those, I could teach you that you're worthy of showing up in this way and all of that, but it takes time. And here is my soapbox. Um, You don't have, here's what I, here's what I want women to understand because we're told that like, we have to look a certain way and love everything about our bodies. And here's, here's what I, here's what I believe really strongly. I hope I don't ruffle any feathers here, but (laughs) truly you don't have to love everything you see in the mirror or in a picture. And you don't have to stare at that picture and love it all the time. Right. We're taught to place so much emphasis on what we see. Mm -hmm. And I wish, I know that one of the ways that you you know, came to this place for yourself was that you spent less time in front of the mirror, belittling those things and more time away doing the things that you love and showing up for the life that you want to live. Right. So you're here telling us that that you are, you know, in a really beautiful space of loving your body and it's okay that there's still things and, you know, change is good. Like it's important that we should always want some sort of change, right? Goals are really good um, in all kinds of ways. It doesn't have to be weight loss, but, but you're coming in here and you're saying it's because I've dialed in and I'm continuing to dial in the habits that support my healthy lifestyle. So that essentially is a byproduct, right? Like that's, I guess you would almost say like a precursor to creating that body love where it's like, when we are feeling good about the things that we are doing, that's what makes us feel good. And I love this quote. I can't remember who it was from, but basically it says people change when they feel good. Yeah. The number one, you know, you never want to change because of shame. Shame doesn't work. And so if we can step into feeling good, right, where you are right now, you can build confidence to know that like you have the capability to do whatever you want moving forward, right? To create any sort of change. Maybe you want to lift heavier. Maybe you do want to do something else with your body, like recognizing, and that's a space of body neutrality. 
And so often women think, do I have to get into love, right? Do I have to go all the way to love? And what I say is let's start neutrality and recognize that my body is good and it does good things. And that Mm. is good. I love what you said about going, um, not straight to body, like positivity, because that can feel like such a leap sometimes. And I've heard that, that term body neutrality, getting passed around a little bit more here and there. And I really love that. Can you speak more to like what body neutrality actually is though? Cause I think it is kind of a newer term where like body positivity has been such a movement that like, what is body neutrality? Yeah. And you know, I think the thing that we have to understand first is, you know, sometimes people will say, well, does body love mean that I don't have, like, I just have to love it unconditionally and Mm. not want change or not, you know, want to do anything. And and I think we have to remember like love really in all areas is an action. And so we also have to look that like, there's an action that requires us. And so just kind of recognize that first is that, you know, when we learn to love our bodies, it's, it's because we're taking care of them. So if that feels like kind of far away or a concept that is, is out there for you, right? Maybe your body is nowhere near where you want it to be, or you've struggled with dieting your whole life or body images. Body neutrality is a really great place to start because what you do there is you start to recognize the things that your body does for you, the ways that you can show up in the body that you have. So we don't necessarily, focus on the looks of the body, right? Remember we talked about, you know, you don't have to look at it and love everything and accept everything. Um, but, but getting to the space of, okay, can I use my body to do the things that I want to do? Or can I work on getting it there? Right? So a lot of times, let me give you a good example. I'm full of examples today, I guess, (laughs) but I just did a six mile trail race up a mountain and down a mountain. It was two, I think it was 2000 vertical feet climb up and then back down. And a lot of people, you know, this would be a good example where someone might say, well, I've got to lose some weight to be able to be healthy enough to do that. Right. Or I don't fit the physique of mountain runners. And I cannot tell you, like, I don't know, this just really came to me when I was out there running there was every size on that trail, every size. And they were all doing the same thing. They were all climbing a mountain and they were all doing it. And it's because, you know, they each trained their own unique body to do something hard. Mm. And, you know, I want you to know as a coach, I'm not immune also to seeing sometimes seeing my body and being like, Oh, that looks a little bit different than it was, or, you know, like seeing that. And I had, I saw a picture of, of my own self and I had to, you know, work through the things that I teach as a coach to be like, yeah, remember what your body just did. Yeah. And it didn't take a pound. You didn't have to lose a pound to do that. And I understand there's a range here. Like I do understand I understand that, you know, maybe your body feels really far away from that, but I want you to remind yourself to meet you where you are, right? Yeah. Meet yourself where you are right now and ask yourself, what can I do with the body that I have? Instead of trying to start shaming it to change, can I start nurturing it to change? And 
body neutrality is a great place to start. Recognize what can I do with my body's my body? What things am I capable of? What am I grateful for that I have done? Like what has this body done for me? And we, when we start to focus on the function of the body, we get out of the, um, what the judgment of the look of the body. Yeah. Yeah. I had so many little light bulb moments going off while you were talking. The first one that you said is love is an action word. And that was like light bulb went off completely because I understand that in so many other like applications of the word love, like love with my kids. It's an action word. I show them love by doing like certain things, love with my husband, same thing. It's an action, right? I can't just like say it and it's done and we're going to live happily ever after for the rest of forever. And so thinking of like body love or self-love, it's not just like look in the mirror and be like, love you and like (laughs) walk away. Right. And like, like fully embrace everything, but it is this action. And I think that like, that was just such a cool point of it's what you're doing for yourself every single day to show yourself that love. It's not looking in the mirror and saying, I love every single part of me, even those stretch marks, even like, cause you know, I think sometimes we lie to our, like, we don't lie to ourselves, but we kind of lie to ourselves where we say like, embrace the tiger stripes. Like you earned those. And so you sit there and you're like, I love you. And then the back of your head, you're like, no, I don't like, if they could be gone, I would love them gone. Like my stomach, I'll tell you, got destroyed with stretch marks with my first child. I will tell you, I looked like it was attacked by like a bear or something like they were bad. Right. And I've come to embrace them a little but like, I don't love them. Like that's, you know, and so I think the action is so different from just saying, I love myself. The end. Like it really is like the things that you do to show yourself love. And just like with a friend or a child or a spouse, like, some, especially like with like children, I think of like some of the ways we show them love are the things that like, (laughs) they don't think are loving, right? Like, um, redirecting them or disciplining them or doing things where it's like self-discipline is an act of love. And like, anyway, I could just go off about that. But then (laughs) the other light bulb that I had when you were talking as well was about like body neutrality But I was also thinking about like, instead of body love and body neutrality, like self, like your whole self, because we are so much more than our body. And I think that's been like a a word that's gone around, especially with like the body positivity movement. And it's, it's so well-meaning, but we are so much more than our body. And I think making that bigger to encompass like self-love and not just body love or self-neutrality even, and not just body neutrality. Cause you were saying like, as soon as you can get out of your body and you can like get away from just being so stuck there. And so like embracing the things that you love about yourself that might be outside of what your body is, because you're so much more than that. Like, do you love that you're really funny? Do you love that you're someone that always shows up in a time of need? Do you like, are you someone that cooks amazing crop? I don't know. Like, like think of the things that are awesome about you, that you love that are outside of your body 
And that's going to help you like speaking to my own experience of how I've gotten to this place of really loving myself. So much of it has absolutely nothing. I would say 85% of it has nothing to do with my body. It has to do with who I actually am. And I think that's why I'm able to be at a place where, yeah, I'm a little bit heavier, but it doesn't matter because I love who I am, whatever my body looks like. But I can get it. You know, I, anyway, those were my two thoughts as you were talking. <laughs> yeah. And it, it all of a sudden makes the actions that you're taking have a bigger purpose, right? It makes saying like, I'm getting my fruits and vegetables in a day, not because I have a particular physique goal or like I'm trying to lose weight. So I have to eat these fruits and vegetables. It's like, no, actually those things fuel my body with nutrients and it feels good. And I want to show up in my best way. So that's something for me. Like I work really hard on my nutrition to try to eat really good so that I have mental clarity and energy to show up for the women in my community, right. To show up as a coach. And if I was eating foods that didn't support my body, that, you know, it it might not be the same. And so it's a bigger picture vision there, right? Like I'm not just eating food to gain or lose weight. We, you know, we always like attach food to our size, but now all of a sudden you've, you've made this bigger picture vision, just like your, your weightlifting, right? It's a bigger picture for you. You, you probably have a lot of other things going on when you lift, like, you know, mindset stuff, like I can lift really heavy and this is a crazy cool thing, or I'm setting a PR or, you know, like it becomes bigger than just that exercise or that nutrition. And that's why you make those choices. A hundred percent. Can I also tell you one thing that's been so helpful in this journey for lack of better word? Every time I hear that, I always think of the bachelor, which I haven't even watched in like seven years, but (laughs) there was side tangent. There was something like there was a, it used to be a bachelor episode recap that I would watch where every time they said journey, they would like ding a little bell and like they dinged that bell all the time. So anyway, now, anytime I say journey, I hear a little ding. It's like that, like Pavlov's dog thing or something. <laughs> anyway, squirrel. Um, <laughs> but coming back to you, something that I, I think has been so helpful and that I really, really love has been either having a coach or having a support system or having accountability, like someone to talk things through. Like I've talked to you so many times about this topic. I've got a weightlifting coach and health coach that I has helped me work through a lot of that. I've got my husband, different friends, like people who are on a similar journey. Um, (laughs) and I think that that has been so powerful, being able to get out of yourself, out of your head and talk things through, have someone to kind of like double, like check you a little bit to be like, well, what's that story? Why? Like, you know what I mean? Like just having someone there. So that's why I love that, that you're here doing that because you are someone who not only is just like a friend, right? Cause we all have like friends we can go to, to like vent or talk things through, but really having somebody who is like, I mean, you become your client's friends, I'm sure, but like who doesn't want to just like cheer you on, right. Who is going to give you the tough love as well, but also encourage you. And so that's why I love like what you do because 
it's, it's so helpful to have somebody in your corner, but someone who is knowledgeable and who can give you the stuff that you need. So you've got stuff coming up right now that I'm super excited about. And I just want to push everyone over to you because like I've said, you've been instrumental in helping me to feel better as well. Um, so what things do you have coming up and like, where can people get into like, talk to you and have you in their corner and all of, all of the stuff? Yeah. And, you know, I love that you brought this up is, you know, my role as a coach is not to only be your cheerleader. That's a, that's one component of it, right? My job is to coach you through and, and we could dive into, you know, the definition of a coach, but you know, it's, it's about mindset and actions and putting them together. And, um, it's important. You're right to find the right kind of support that the person that will coach you through, the hard things and have that right balance. So I'm really excited because I do this twice a year. I have a free challenge coming up and we call it our ditch the diet challenge. So we only do it twice a year. It starts on September 19th. And in five days, I'm going to help you essentially get rid of all of that diet mentality, all of that, not all or nothing thinking perfection mindset, like um, you know, thinking that you have to have the diet to lose the weight, all of that stuff. So in five days, we're going to work through ditching the diet without ditching your goals and without losing control over food, because I know those are two really scary things for women. Um, and you're going to learn exactly how to do that, the mindset, the actions, and you're going to walk away with confidence and knowing that you're capable of meeting the needs of your own body and what that looks like. So you can go to a woman of forward slash free challenge to sign up for that. It's really fun. Speaking of, you know, support, we have a community already, um, in there for you and women that are struggling with some of the same things as you are. Um, and it's a really fun challenge. We have prizes, like we just make it really fun. And, it's a place that you feel like you can come and get support and all of that. So that's coming up soon. Um, and then I think probably the best thing I would say is just, I've got the podcast. That's the best place <laughs> to the woman of wellness podcast. That's the best place to get any support that you need. And then you can also kind of find links. I have some free resources and things, or you can learn about my programs, um, from my Instagram, a woman of wellness. And you can send me a message. Like I'm totally active in my messages way more than I am actually active in my stories. Funny enough. So like, if you want to have a conversation and messages, like I I'm totally there as well. So um, I hope, you know, if you're, if you are in a place where you're struggling with your body, you've been on and off of diets, you feel like, you know, food controls your life. Um, you don't, if you constantly think about it, you feel like you're out of control, or maybe you've just like struggled with, um, your body and your relationship with your body, your relationship with food. This challenge is going to completely shift everything for you. So, um, I'd love to have anyone that wants to join us, join us. And as Jesse knows, we all do better things better with friends. So bring a friend with you and you'll have a much richer experience. Yes. A hundred percent. Like I said, yeah, I community support, all of those things. So I love challenges like that because it gets you in having conversations with people that you wouldn't normally have conversations with. I love 
we all have like such a love hate relationship with social media because it can be such a like time suck, but when used in the right way, I absolutely love social media. We wouldn't be friends without it. I wouldn't have, you know, you guys know how I feel about the DMS. I love conversations in the DMS. I know Elizabeth feels the same way. So really like when you say DM us, like we live for it. Like (laughs) I love having conversations and getting in her challenges are awesome. She does the best challenges and just get you feeling good. Like, like I said, when we, when we get talking and I'm like, I feel so good that we just, I just want everyone to feel that way, but it is an individual journey and you do have to take that step. And this might be a good first baby step for you. You know how I feel about small steps. So if like all of these things feel overwhelming, the one step can be signing up for a challenge. And that's my like two thumbs up for the day, right? Like little baby steps. Um, so those links are down below for how you can get into those. And I just want to say thank you because you're such a freaking light and I love what you're doing and how encouraging you are for women to just feel good without having to like shame themselves there. So just everyone should just be best friends with you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a fun conversation. Awesome. Thanks for being again, my first repeat guest. So fun. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. (laughs) Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts, and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jessie, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.